Hi, I'm Justine. And I'm Sarah LaVon. And we are so glad you're here. We believe that your life has the potential to make a deep, meaningful impact on the world around you. You, as a nurse, have the ability to add value to every single person and patient you touch. We want to inspire you with resources, education, and stories to support you to live your absolute best life, both in and outside of work. But don't expect perfection over here. We're just here to have some conversations about anything birth, work, and life, trying to add some happy to your hour as we all grow together. By nurses, for nurses, this is Happy Hour with Bundle Birth Nurses. Welcome back to another episode. I feel like you put me on the spot all the time, and so it's your turn, Justine. You can't see my face, but I'm not happy about it. No, this. she's definitely not. We, she like jokes all the time that she needs a teleprompter, but none of these episodes have been scripted. So I am sure that you have valuable insight related to this topic that oh, I'm about to bring no. up. <laughs> okay, so when we think about all the various roles that I've held and the various roles that you've held, there is a role that you have held that I have never held before, really, only like a couple of times, and I have very little context for I have no desire for and I had no desire for but something that I I haven't worked with you on the floor but I would assume you're really good at and that is being a charge nurse oh that's funny (laughs) (laughs) so I was hoping to just prompt you with some questions and have a little conversation about being charged because first of all I don't have as much of a context I can imagine but I would love to hear from you, from somebody who does have an ex- have experience being charged, sort of what it feels like to be charged. And then I think for the re- like for those of you that are charged, maybe any tips you have that you've learned along the way. And then also for those that have never been charged, sort of maybe some context that might be helpful for your staff to understand. So you're like, it would be really helpful if people understood that X, Y, Z about running charge. Okay. So a little background, I started charge on my last job, which was like a small unit. So like a hundred and less than a hundred births a month. There'd be like two to three to four nurses on. So it was like, I got... That's perfect. Yeah. It was like a nice place to learn how to be charged in this little mm-hmm. environment. But I was reluctant against it, as many people are their first time being Who charged. Who is excited about becoming charged? I know. I feel like some people are too. And it's like... I can think of like one person. Yeah. So now I'm at this new hospital, another hospital. I've been here before, but I'm back and um, it is more high acuity there's more pieces Mm -hmm. and it's daunting (laughs) so hca i work for an hca and they've actually gotten rid of their charge nurse position and they call it a team lead it's Mm -hmm. a charge nurse Mm -hmm. but um and then they have like the supervisors are kind of supposed to be charged but it's confusing but if i say team lead that's why it is charge and people say i'm decent at it i mean they say they like me being charged i think one i can imagine negative i have about charge is that i'm a people pleaser and mm. so if I don't, I want to make sure everyone's happy. And mm. it's inevitable that you're going to have some assignments that suck. Totally. Right? Um, and so I, the other night actually, so this is going to be a piece of advice. This is going to be jumbled because I don't have a teleprompter. <laughs> but the, the other night, um, I we gave out assignments. Our day shift makes assignments for night shift. Mm-hmm. They um, It didn't always used to be this way, but then they'll like write it in this erasable pen. So like if you come on and you're like, no, no, like that's not going to work, you can switch it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we just take the assignments that the other shifts assigned. And so one of the assignments was an antipartum going to come over for induction who had uncontrollable sugars. And then 
this other admit for labor that wanted an epidural all at the same time. Mm. And so the nurse that had taken this assignment, I see her stressed and I was like, hey, what do you need? Are you okay? And she was like, I'm not okay because I can't give this epidural because pain doesn't outweigh uncontrollable sugars. I need to go handle those sugars mm-hmm. first and she's going to be in pain, etc." So I looked around and I, I have a lunch relief nurse who's not necessarily started lunches, but we're a union hospital. And so if we pull that lunch relief off of lunch relief, that, those lunch relief nurses get bonuses because of that. What? So you have to be mindful and like, I'm going to pull you for patient care that's not part of a lunch relief or a break nurse. Wait, pause a second. So this lunch relief person is only on for like lunch Lunches and breaks. Hours? Which takes the whole shift because we have like three 15-minute breaks and a 30. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't like jumping into assignments though myself. I don't. I like it. So yeah, some people love it, right? Yeah. So I was like, hey, I need you to go give this girl an epidural. Please, can you give her an epidural? And I'm going to pull so this nurse can go handle the sugars. Mm -hmm. And I just made that that, – change real fast later in the shift she was like man it was so nice she was talking to someone else and she was like well and me she was like it was so nice that someone asked me what was wrong and figured out a solution mm. and helped me and I was like hey that was me and she started laughing she's like yeah that was you and I was like Slash, oh, that was nice. that's your job right. also <laughs> right. it's great um so I think it's my big piece of advice is like you have to be like eyes out looking for like who looks underwater mm. and help them and care yeah and care right and mm-hmm. have compassion and, and don't be apathetic towards yeah, them. Yeah. Like, oh, it was hard when I was a nurse, so they have to learn somehow. Like, right. I don't like that attitude. Um, and then I would say to backtrack a little bit, I have a lot of nurses that say, like, I'll never do charge. I never want to do charge. They can't expect me to do charge. I'm not ready to do charge, but they're like three, four years of experience. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, everyone else is one year. Mm-hmm. So you're up, girl. Right. Um, and I tell every new nurse, like, being charged is just knowing how to call your resources in and who to call mm. a lot of the time. So if there's an emergency, it's everyone's biggest fear. Like, yeah. there's going to be an emergency and they don't know how to respond. Like, you're not in charge of the whole emergency. You're in charge of getting people there. Right. I can call zero zero and say, call a code blue. Mm-hmm. I can push the code blue button. I can call operator and get a rapid. Right. right? Um, and there's always people with answers. If I don't know something, there's a house soup on. I'll mm-hmm. call them and be like, hey, this is a situation. If they don't know it, they'll they'll escalate the Okay, so who are your resources? Let's go through the list. Yeah, like so if I would I'm say, anticipating, oh my God, somebody's gonna ask me to be charged. They've mentioned it, and I'm having a hard. I avoided this, by the way, for years, <laughs> years, intentionally. Thank yeah. God. Um, not that you should. I, we all need to be charged, I guess. But so if I'm the charge, I know that I'm supposed to manage resources. Who are your resources for different things? So I would say that the other. My resources that I know, I'll try to know, is the charge for NICU and postpartum. Mm -hmm. So I can contact with them on, like, when you're talking about transferring people, patients that come in, I want to be talking to them all the time. I want to know... Do you, like, call the unit and are like, who's... Can I talk to the charge and just check in? We check in, yeah, yeah. Like, and I'll find them. I'll be like, hey, so how many discharges do you have? How many admits am I going to be able to give to you, especially with postpartum? Oh. And then with NICU, it depends. If I know, like, I have a preemie on the board or someone's going to get transferred Mm -hmm. in, like, I'll coordinate with them or I know there's going to be a looming C-section coming, Mm -hmm. they come into our section, so I like to give them a heads up. So you'll call them and be Mm -hmm. like, hey, FYI, I just want to give you a heads up. We have this patient here. Are you aware of them? Yeah. Oh, you're a such a good charge nurse. That makes so much sense. <laughs> okay. Then, um, so charges of both your units that you'll be coordinating. Yeah, yeah. Mostly, yeah. And then um, my biggest resource is going to be my secretary. They mm-hmm. are like the biggest MVPs of the unit, especially ours. Like they know everyone. They've been there forever. They know what orders to put in, who to call for what. And so it's so like I need a rapid. 
I need a blood transfusion, they can call for me. So that's a huge resource on my unit specifically. So it'd be interesting, interesting. for you to lean into like, well, you know what to do. And a lot of times they know mm-hmm. how to do all the things. They know everything. Like how to get a hold yeah, of people. different things. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And then house supervisor is always good to, if I, in an emergency, I'm going to call the house soup to let them know what's happening. Cause if I need a transfer to the ICU, mm. they know what rooms are available and what beds are available. Like for us, if we need someone to go to the ICU, we need to call a rapid on them and then rapid needs to transfer them in. It's a, So you always call a rapid we for have anybody to call a going rapid. to ICU. Um, yeah, because like, yeah, the level of care needs to be, that's why we're calling the rapid, right? I didn't know that until recently. We called the code blue on a patient and then they were stabilized and then we had to call a rapid in order to transfer. Because I, I was in triage and I called and I was like, why do we call the rapid? And they're like, oh, because we won't need to transfer them to ICU. See, from my experience, if we needed to ever transfer to the ICU, they would just coordinate with the house soup and mm-hmm. say we need to go to ICU. We'd never call a rapid on that. Yeah. We, I, I can, I have, I can, I've had more code blues than I've had rapids. I think rapids are becoming more a thing because they want to anticipate the code blue right but i feel like we would anticipate the code blue like we, we would manage it. that yeah. and then like mm-hmm. and call in anesthesia because we also like i've been in big hospitals with like anesthesia that's ob dedicated yeah all the time yeah so and then speaking of anesthesia i mm-hmm. like to know who they are and where where they at they're Love anesthesia. who is it going to be and what's on the board so if i have sections are they going to be sleeping because we have anesthesia stay in house and then um so are you making all these phone calls at the no, of the shift? No, 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 I'm just like knowing in my head who is here and who I have. I know it's Katie's doing anesthesia. Okay. I know Karen's team lead. I know, I always talk to the postpartum charge because mm-hmm. I'm going to be, I want admits. Mm-hmm. I want my patients to be <laughs> sent over. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're important. Um, and then I check in with nurses. I, if I'm giving them a pretty heavy assignment, I'm, I'm more likely to like try to help them with everything. Personally, if I'm charged and I'm getting a patient in from triage, I'm trying to start the IV. I'm trying to draw blood for them. I'm trying to be that second like person. Kind of push them along. Trying to get into the deliveries if I can. Because that second presence is just so nice. Oh, my God. It's yes. so nice. And so, and I know I like that. And so, but it can be challenging as the people pleaser that I am to not be in all the So, like, you're literally trying to be in every single birth. Um, yeah. Or be that, around. Or at least be there be at the beginning of the birth. They call the doctor, but I know things are settled. I know they have their table made. I can call the tech to come in because we our techs are usually I in our deliveries. I in a unit like that. That had you had support? Well, I've had support, but I don't know that the charge would be like there for the beginning of the delivery. Or even like it would be nice to have like a check-in. Like a, hey, high five, you good? Right, yeah. <laughs> because you never know. You pop in the room and you're frantic because you can't leave because you think this baby's coming. You're waiting on the doctor and you're like, I just need, can you set up my warmer? Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm behind, I'm grabbing the table or whatever. Will you call yeah. this person? That's so nice. Okay. Yeah. But I'm lucky. I have a lot of people on my shift. Like the other night I was charged and I had four other nurses that do charge a lot. We rotate oh. through. And so um, they don't have, like, one set charge now with the team leads. They just – they assign it. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have it all the time. And um, I got had a lot of minds, but I, I remember asking. I was like, I wanted to split up an assignment. It was 6 a.m., and I had a nurse that was empty, and my other nurse had a patient that was 990 minus 1, and then she had um, a patient that was getting active that needed an epidural, and I wanted to split it mm-hmm. um, based on standards. Like, I yeah. just wanted to. And I asked another team lead, and they were like, well, we don't really like splitting up. We don't like – at 6 a.m., you know, doing this. But I was like, I understand that, but I'm not switching assignments. I'm just giving away mm-hmm. a patient to an empty nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it. I went with my gut, and it relieved the one nurse so much. Mm-hmm. And then the nurse I was accepting it was like, that's nah, just an hour. I'm just going to watch out, watch her for a little bit and right. hand her a report, you know. Um, so I think that 
instead of trying to just like be a people pleaser in that sense, mm-hmm. I was like, what's safe and what is the standards, the A1 standards? And I think knowing the A1 standards as a charge is important. Mm-hmm. And um, But then balancing that with productivity can be hard. The other night, we were all really chill and we're sitting there <laughs> and it's like 3 a.m. And I'm like, I looked around, I was like, listen, I know this feels like I could probably group up some assignments and people can go home. But in reality, you're all just in ratio. And we don't know what this feels like mm-hmm. normally. You're mm-hmm. all safe. So I was like, we're just going to chill here and get paid to be safe. Yeah. And they all, no one was like against it. They were oh, like, yeah, course. you're right. Of course. Um, and so I just, that's mm. some of my experiences. So how do you decide on assignments? Like in your head, how are you weighing out? I mean, I know you're being given assignments when you come in, right? And then you're kind of like, eh, eh. But in your mind, what are some of the components that contribute to you being like, I need to split that? Or, um, or like, oh, this, I have two free nurses. Like, do you, do you give the patient that's the quote-unquote harder patient to the more experienced one? Or is it just by who's up next? Like, how does, how does all that work for you? We do a lot of who's up next But if I have two, say I have a nurse that's up next, but she's already delivered three patients and Mm. now she's empty versus a nurse that's had one cervidal induction and hasn't done an admit yet, Mm -hmm. but she's technically not up next, I'd give it to the patient, the nurse that has been chilling on the cervidal induction Um, and then wait for the next nurse to get, maybe have that nurse that's empty do a lunch break or something for someone so that, because you don't want anyone to think like, oh, they're just sitting doing nothing. Like mm-hmm. there's some animosity that can be built there. Oh, totally. Oh, and explain my reasonings. Like, hey, so-and-so, I'm going to give you this patient because Sarah had three deliveries already and she is yep. empty, but I wanted to breathe a bit. Yep. And you have your cervidal induction. But most of the time for us, it's, we have our set labor nurses, our set antepartum nurses. And so it, depending on what they're getting induced in, depending on what they're getting admitted for, they're going to go to one of those nurses. How do you manage nurses that give pushback? Because I can imagine, I mean, this, this always, this still to this day bothers me, but particularly back in the day, like I was always one that was like, all right, that's my assignment, you know, and sort of like, all right, challenge on. I don't know if I've ever, actually, I know I've never refused an assignment, even if it was unsafe. So I'm not one to complain. I'm not one to ruffle feathers in that way. But I know there would be people that would come on and be like, oh, well, this and well, why, why was the, why does she have this and you have this? Like, you know, and, and so you have different perspectives. You have different um, personalities and different levels of outspokenness. And then you're managing knowing like, quote unquote, staffing standards and expectations of your unit. And then also what Awan says. And most of the time, from my understanding, units are not going to be following A1 all the time, nor can they mm-hmm. be just because of staffing issues. Right. So how do you handle the pushback from nurses? Um, and what would you say to those nurses? Like, what do you wish they would understand? To be honest, I don't think I've ever had pushback. But I think there's two things with that. Mm. I think it's one, it's night shift. <laughs> <laughs> and two... Um, we are so under-supported and understaffed on nights on my unit that everyone just knows that it's like, we just got to do what we got to do. But how I imagine I would if I had to go, if I had this issue, is I would just explain my rationale. Mm-hmm. I would show them the clipboard. We have a clipboard and be like, who do you think is the best person for this assignment? Because I really do base it on turn and like load. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of black and white. So I think that the hardest part will be is... um it's when, black and white for you, but I think for somebody newer, 
they may not consider or be able to see all the factors. Yeah, yeah. And so what I think, and I encourage you, if you don't agree with your assignment, go up to the charge and be like, can you explain to me why this is like the best pairing or like... Well, and to approach it from a learning perspective, like rather than a combative, like, I don't understand why I this versus... I am I'm trying to conceptualize how assignments are made not because I don't think my assignment is right but I just want to understand how this all works yeah. for the sake of the unit flow. Yeah. That's a different approach to like sort of understanding even if you don't agree and maybe maybe you're hoping that like the answer is she looks at the or he looks at the clipboard and goes like, "Oh, and that happens." Yeah. Especially cuz we don't get everything in report too. Yesterday I found out 3 hours in and my one nurse's patient was a TOLAC. I was Aww. like, they did not tell me that. And then her other patient was an insulin-dependent GDM. Mm. And she was like, it was I wouldn't Aww. have given that assignment. Right. The biggest upset I do see is when we have, like, so with demises, floating to postpartum, mm. and um, COVID, yeah. we go in rotations of who gets them. So mm-hmm. is it my turn? Is it my turn? And, like, the day shift not looking at the book and, like, Yep. Nurses being like, well, is it my turn? And the day should be like, I don't have time to look. And it's like, well, we have the book for a reason. You got to pull it out and look at the mm-hmm. date. And so that is where I see the biggest com- combat. And so like, it's like, well, you were assigned this, but we need to look at the book and look at date. So if you don't have that kind of thing on your unit, mm-hmm. it's literally just a piece of paper and you can write who had the last demise, who had the last COVID. It's up to that nurse to put that down. If they didn't put it down, mm-hmm. they don't get counted credit for it. Mm-hmm. So that you, it is, it's not fair to have demises every That's shift true. or every week. Or have a COVID patients every shift or every week, unless everyone is COVID, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that's a good strategy to use that. One of the things I'm sort of putting together when I'm thinking about like the solid qualifications or characteristics of a charge nurse is really kind of going back to that previous episode of like not being judgmental. It's mm-hmm. not better. It's not worse. It's just different. Or like sort of hand picking people for different assignments. I think about. <laughs> There's one nurse I can think of who's like incredibly therapeutic and really good with the unblocked patient. So no epidural. And I remember her walking into the station one night and this was not her personality at all. And her being like, I am, I am tired. Like I am tired. I feel like I am the only one that gets these assignments. And while I love them, I'm starting to hate them. Mm. You know, and sort of that, that perspective of really looking objectively and, Yes, of course, consider. I think you you there's a, there's like a really beautiful art between considering the humanity in the person. If you're giving a full-term demise to a pregnant nurse, like that's which we shouldn't be doing anyways. For right. the pregnant nurse and for the patient. Right. And it's sort of like I could see some people being like, "Well, suck it up. What does it matter?" It does. Mm-hmm. We're human. We're affected by our jobs. There is a level of compassion and empathy that you have to hold while also being really objective and have like a really solid brain of critical thinking and knowing patient load um, and how much this certain patient might take because also like you may get in report like you said that like this is what this patient is and they walk in the door and they're unblocked and completely hysterical and you can't leave you know um and that may be just well they're labor they're six but you're feeling really strapped so also i think there's a level of and I'll ask that question to you. What what type of communication works best for you from your nurses as a charge? Like, what do you want to hear? What do you need to hear? I don't want hostility. Okay. <laughs> Fair. 
you know, some people do well with that direct, like, this isn't okay. They do do what I respond yeah. well to that. I don't respond well to that. Mm-hmm. I want to just, I guess I'd want you to approach me like I would approach you. Mm-hmm. Like, teach me, help me understand, pull me aside. Don't blast your charge out in the middle of the nursing station. Like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Mm-hmm. And like, take her into a room and be like, listen, I'm really overwhelmed with this assignment. Mm-hmm. I did that once with a charge nurse. I started bawling in a room and she was like, mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. And so she split the assignment up. I just thought I was getting picked on, to be honest, as wow. a new nurse. Um, and so I, that's when I realized, like, they don't get all the information mm-hmm. in report. You know, they get a lot, but there's we're human. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when they explain, when the charges explain it, there's so much going on around them when they get report. And it's hard to report off 15, 20 patients. Yeah, and remember every detail right. of every single patient. Yeah. Like, so I would want, I think if you have problems with a certain charge or you like avoid a charge take them aside and ask them to help you learn or what can you do better Mm -hmm. because now this can get into a conversation of people feeling like bullied Mm -hmm. because that's very true well and very and very quickly there's like a level of understanding this goes for any specialty but definitely applies here of like we just don't understand the other person until we actually talk about it and Mm -hmm. it's one thing to like go around in circles and you're writing their story when you decide I'm being bullied unless there's actual evidence of that. Just because you got a certain assignment doesn't necessarily mean you're bullied. There may be a miscommunication there. And until you clarify that, you know, we, this is why it's core value here at Bundle Birth. Like we talk about all the time, don't write their story. I'm writing their story. I feel like I'm writing a story here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, giving the benefit of the doubt in that, and this is so off topic, but I'm thinking about the sandwich generation. Was it with you when we learned about the sandwich generation? I have no people? idea what the heck that is. So someone said something on some class some oh. about the sandwich generation are those that generation that has like teenage adult-ish kids and now parents that need their help. And they're sandwiched between children and their own lives and their parents that they're helping oh. medically, financially. And I... I'm dreading that part of my life, first mm. of all. I cannot imagine how stressful that is. And a lot of times, people that are still at the bedside, nurses that are still at the bedside that are charged or in these authority management roles are the sandwich generation. Interesting. And I'm just thinking about, like, not all of them. Don't get me wrong, but I can think of a couple, and I'm like, they have a hard life mm. outside of work compared to maybe some... You know, just out of college, 22-year-olds living their best life, and they come in like, oh, that Chargers is grouchy. Like, I don't like them, you know? Right. So I just thought that was a nice correlation. Maybe someone will listen to this and be like, oh, my gosh, that sounds like my Well, and it's compassion of of each other's lives. You know, we talk about not bringing your outside life into the bedside, but, like, not everybody's listening to podcast episodes on that. Yeah, (laughs) that's so true. And, like, not everybody's doing the emotional work to – regulate or care for themselves or do what they need to do to be able to show up better. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is where like you get to lead by example. And I will say that the people that are listening to this, if you're like, well, I want to help them a little bit. I was talking to a nurse the other day and we talked for like 20 minutes about her scenario. And I'm coming back from this hospital. I remember her from five years ago. Mm -hmm. And she was, after our conversation, she was like, it was so nice to have that chat. Thanks a lot for that. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And what was the chat? It was all personal about her life and, like, Mm. her parents. Just connecting. Yeah, connecting on a heart level. And it took, like, 10, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. But now, when you go to work, 
you're going to honestly probably have a, she's going to have a lot more compassion on you and you're going to have more compassion on her and you're going to work together better. Mm -hmm. So if you have those pockets of time, Mm -hmm. it could be nice. And I think too, being charged, going back to it is like starting to get to know your nurses um, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that helps you interact with them more. If you know them, like, on a personal level, yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, and not even, like, personal, personal, but, mm-hmm. like, you know that they're married. You know if they have a cat. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. you see their new tattoo, like, oh, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. But that's my, only my. Well, and maybe, you know, I think you're the anomaly in terms of, like, you're extremely good socially and really um, personable. You ask great questions. You're very appropriate socially. It's very nice of you. It's true. Um, and I've seen it in all sorts of contexts with you of just like, dang, she's just, she's really good at connecting. And mm-hmm. I think that's like an underrated skill that if you think about like life, life is all about connecting, but do we all know how to connect better? Let's find an expert to bring on about mm. connecting, how to connect. So that, that can be a future episode, but sort of that skill of connecting and sort of laying, layering it with more meaning than just showing up for a job. I think when we bring humanity into any circumstance that it just, it, it like adds a layer of uh, care and compassion that ultimately leads to people like going down with the ship when it, you know, when it's sinking rather than this like negative vibe. It's sort of like you're the thermostat for your unit and that, that leads into how your nurses care for patients. Yeah, that's a really nurses. good. That's a really good call. <laughs> I am. We we are. If you're charged and you're stressed because it's your first time and panicked, that's gonna make all your nurses panic. Mm-hmm. And they're looking to you as like that core of like, well, at least I know she's got it, even though I don't feel like I do have it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I guess I don't know. Sum it up is know who to call in an emergency. Know, um, love on your nurses. Get to know them. Mm-hmm. Be fair and safe with assignments help out when you see there needs to be help. Mm-hmm. It's not just the time to sit at the desk and look at and then be the thermostat in the room. And for the nurses working with the charge? Be nice to them. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Baseline. Okay. Baseline, be nice and then approach in a civil way. Mm-hmm. They're not bad people, hopefully. And sort of like like maybe like a layer of trust and authority, I think you know, it's easy to like question authority, but like they've been placed in an in an authoritative state, hopefully not like authoritarian, but you know, like in a in a leadership position over you and there's a level of respect that like I would ask if I was charged of like, you gotta just trust me guys. You know, and that trust from a charge perspective likely needs to be earned. Um and it but is earned through relationship, I think. Yeah. Thanks for spending your time with us here during this episode of Happy Hour with Bundleberg Nurses. If you liked what you heard, it helps us both if you subscribe, rate, leave a raving review, and share this episode with a friend. If you want more from us, head to bundlebirthnurses.com or follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Now it's your turn to take what you learned today and apply it to your life. Giving your charge nurses the benefit of the doubt, respecting their authority and their leadership, and then caring in the best way you know how for every single patient you care for. We'll see you next time.